You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by, I always do the wrong finger because it's reversed in the reflection, 90 min, there you go. Uh, welcome to the programme, hope you're all well, hope you're all having a good afternoon. Um, we are going to be updating you on some of the latest stories uh, to do the rounds with regards to Arsenal Football Club. If you haven't already, check out our stream from earlier on. Uh, where we discussed uh, the following Balogun thing in detail. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, in this stream as well. We'll get some of you guys' thoughts in the live chat. Um, also, I appeared on Curtis Shaw's uh, YouTube channel at 2pm this afternoon. So go back and check that out as well. It was a really good conversation, really great fun. I thank Curtis for having me on and we're going to get him on the Chronicles of Aguna next week as well. So uh, lots and lots of content to come your way uh, in the next few days as we continue to try and battle through this lockdown uh, and keep insane in the same, uh, or keep insane at the same time. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, check out Curtis Shaw's channel. Check out uh, this channel if you haven't already. Uh, and by that, I mean, make sure you're subscribed to it. Uh, as a couple of you saying in the chat, we're approaching 11,000 subscribers, I think. Um, and, and that's on YouTube alone, by the way. That's not even including all the brilliant people that listen to us on the audio. Uh, so we're getting close to 11,000. I think we need about 45, 50 more subscribers. Uh, so please uh, smash that subscribe button if you haven't already. And of course, like the video. Right, uh, let's begin by discussing the news from Arsenal that the club have taken a loan from the Bank of England. Arsenal have received, or Arsenal have passed the criteria uh, to receive a Bank of England loan of, I think it's £120 million. It's a short-term loan, but it's a loan that is uh, in place to try and help Arsenal battle with the implications of the current pandemic. Of course, we know that all the Premier League clubs, and, and in particular some of the lower league clubs, have been hit even worse because they're so reliant uh, on the revenue from match days. But, you know, we know that the situation is shit at the moment. We know that it doesn't look like it's getting any better either uh, here in the UK. So Arsenal um, have taken a loan uh, from the Bank of England. So let me just quickly read you the statement that Arsenal have put out with regards to that. They say, as we continue to work through the implications of the global pandemic on our finances, we can confirm today that the club has met the criteria set by the Bank of England for the COVID corporate financing facility. As a result, we're taking a short-term £120 million loan through this facility to partially assist in managing the impact of the revenue losses attributable to the pandemic. This is a similar approach to that taken by a wide variety of major organisations across many industries, including sport, and is repayable in May 2021. So it is a very short-term loan indeed. The CCFF is designed to provide short-term finance at commercial rates during the pandemic to companies that have strong investment ratings and which make significant contributions 
to the British economy. The CCFF is in addition to the loan provided by our owners, KSE, that enabled us to refinance the debt on the Emirates Stadium in August last year. Um, so Arsenal uh, having to borrow money off the government in order to deal uh, with the uh, impact of this pandemic. And I don't think at the start any of us envisaged it going on for this long. And the reality is that it's dragging on and on and on and on. And here in the UK, you just don't know, do you, when it's going to go back to normal. So I think Arsenal um, have done the sensible thing if this was av- is available to them, which it obviously is. But let's not get it twisted, guys. Arsenal are not going to spend this £120 million on transfers. And actually, if they did, I'd be really disappointed in them. I really would because it's morally not right. You're taking a loan from the government, essentially from the Bank of England, from the country, um, to help you keep your business above water during a really, really shit period in time where people are losing their jobs left, right and centre. People are losing their lives left, right and centre. So if they ask them have taken that money to go and have a, sum, uh, a January and summer spending spree, then that doesn't sit right with me. As much as I'd love the club to go out and get some players, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be morally right. And I don't expect Arsenal to use the funds uh, for that purpose. So I know that most of you agree with me and probably think that um, it doesn't even need saying, but there have been a lot of Arsenal fans in the last hour or so since this little um, statement come out suggesting that we're going to use it to go and spend uh, on players that we desperately need. That is not the case. Uh, it's it's a it's a loan that is designed to help the company uh, stay above water. Probably could argue that when you've got billionaire owners, it feels a little bit rich even still. But um, it is a loan that is designed uh, to help Arsenal as a football club keep their heads above water, keep their staff on, um, and and keep things ticking over and running uh, as they have been. So. Um, that's where we are with that. Arsenal have uh, passed the uh, criteria and Arsenal will get that £120 million loan. Uh, Dave Atkinson uh, points out that you're not allowed to spend it on transfers. You're not technically, Dave, but I'm sure there are ways around it. I'm sure their accountants these days are good enough to find uh, ways around things like that. It's it's wrong, um, but it does go on in the world and, and having... You know, I'm sure if you've if anybody's worked in any big organisations, you know just how smart actually some of those accountants can be uh, in terms of um, of uh, getting around the rules, shall we say? Uh, let's see what some of you guys are saying in the live chat. A big hello, uh, Gunatel says he watched the Harry and Curtis stream. Excellent podcast, really enjoyed it. Yeah, please do check it out. I said it right at the top of the program, but I joined Curtis Shaw on his channel earlier on. We had a really good hour long discussion about a lot of different Arsenal related subjects. So please check that out and subscribe to Curtis's channel. He also says Gunatel almost 11k for Harry channel grand nicely. Yep. Please subscribe if you haven't already hit the like button. If you haven't already, <coughs> apologies for that. Uh, big hello to the rest of you in the chat, to RW, to Gert, to Anuj. Um, to Omar, uh, to Melons, who says, Sup, Harry, hope you're good. Loved you on Curtis's channel earlier. Spoke some sense into him and his audience. Thank you so much. Uh, and Ray says, happy that you got over COVID. Thank you very much, mate. I still got a little bit of a cough. You guys have probably picked up on that over the last few streams. Uh, but I am feeling much, much better and, um, and uh, looking forward to getting back to normal as soon as possible. Um, 
let's see what some of you guys are saying on the loan thing. Um, Louis Robson says, we probs won't sign anyone regardless of their money or our own. I think Arsenal will look to do some business in this transfer window, but the right opportunity has to come along. Let's not get it twisted. You know, Arsenal um, are not the only club suffering right now, but Arsenal are not weren't where they needed to be financially even prior to the COVID crisis. Arsenal, having missed out on Champions League football for such a long time now, financially were kind of sailing against the wind because, you know, we had a, a wage salary, a wage structure that was, you know, that of a Champions League club competing at the very top, yet we've not been bringing in Champions League revenue. And so for years and years and years, we've almost been swimming against the tide um, trying to sort of get our finances back in order, but also trying to maintain a level of competitiveness that will see us get back into the Champions League where we feel we belong. So it's a really difficult balance to strike. And as we've already said, I don't think Arsenal are going to spend that money on transfers. Um, as was pointed out in the chat, really the the terms of it uh, specify that you, you can't. But as I said, I'm sure there are ways around that. There are ways of refinancing in other areas, maybe, um, and using that money to, to to work around it. I wouldn't be surprised. As I said, it's amazing what a good accountant can do these days. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But let's uh, let's go back to some more of uh, your comments. Um, Xander Russell says, if the loan is for operating costs, then it begs belief why our owners cannot loan the money for five months and at least it would be returned without interest. Agreed. But when you talk about the Cronkies and you talk about what they're worth, their worth is not necessarily cash that they can just throw around. Their, their worth will be made up of assets, of businesses, of properties, of sports clubs, etc., and it's not always easy to release funds from those. Um, it's not a case of them having billions of pounds of cash in the bank doing nothing that they can just throw around. So I get what you mean, and I understand the principle of it. And I think you probably got a really, really good point. But in terms of when we talk about the 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 wealth of our owners and we talk about their worth, it's important to note that that is not just cash just sitting there. And, you know, Stan Kroenke's not sitting with his feet up on his desk counting his money every two minutes, you know. Um, so I think we have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, Matt G, big hello to you, Matt. He says, do you think there will be a public backlash if after we've taken this loan, we spend money on players this month? Yeah, there could well be. Um, I think, you know, obviously the, the announcement of this loan has come today, 7th of January. Um, but Arsenal have made it clear that their January transfer plans have actually been in the pipeline for a, a fair amount of time now. So I think that there would probably be those people, you know, those who are critical of the club, those who maybe don't support the club, those who uh, are looking for a cheap story that would make an issue of that if Arsenal did go out and bring a couple of players in. But as I said, I think the January transfer plans were were in the pipeline and were ready to go way before any of us knew this loan was even coming. Um, look, we all appreciate that the, the pandemic has had a massive impact uh, on businesses right up and down the country. Um, you know, I, I take the point on board that maybe we're not, when we're talking about small independent businesses and their struggles, it's a completely different kettle of fish to a business like this, where our owners are billionaires. Um, so I understand why some people may feel a little bit uneasy about it. But look, if the help's there, 
um, then then why wouldn't you as a football club and as a business owner take it? Um, so Arsenal have taken it and uh, fingers crossed it helps us uh, keep things in order behind the scenes and we can continue uh, to push forward in our development of our team and as we look to uh, restore our status as a Champions League football club. Um, going on to the transfer window, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the latest reports coming out. Now, uh, we've heard today that Arsenal have shelved their interest in Emi Buendia. Now, those of you who've been listening or watching over the last few days will know um, that I've not been completely sold on the idea of Emiliano Buendia coming to Arsenal. And I said that I certainly wouldn't do it if the asking price was too high. It seems like Norwich have no interest in selling Emiliano Buendia. They're flying high at the top of the championship. They're looking to get promoted back to the big time. And so why would they damage their chances of doing that unless a massive offer came across the table? From what I've been told, Arsenal uh, would need to spend about 40 to 45 million pounds to tempt Norwich out of selling Buendia. And we know that Norwich, they don't sell players for cheap. They're not a team that have been bullied in the past into selling their players for cut price uh, amounts. They are a side who stick firm. They are a side who, or as a football club, are run very well. And and as such, don't need to get themselves in a situation where, or aren't in a situation where they're desperate to sell and uh, desperately crying out for the money. So it feels like Norwich are going to dig their heels in over Buendia. As I said, I still think a big money offer would tempt them. I still think a big money offer would turn the player's head as well and, and would, you know, eventually lead to a deal being done. But for £40 million, no thank you. Um, I, I said I was sceptical about doing it if it was £20, £25 million, but £40 million is over the top for someone like Emi Buendia, who's relatively still unproven in the Premier League. I know he had one good season in the division. I get reminded of that every single day, multiple times a day as well. Uh, but according to the Telegraph, Arsenal are going to shelve their interest in Emi Buendia for that reason. The finances don't make sense. And quite frankly, Norwich do not want to sell. So that one looks to be dead in the water. Deal for Emi Buendia seems as though it is off of the table. Um, let's uh, just before I move on, let's quickly go back to the, the loan talk because we've received a super chat from AFC High. Thank you so much for your kind donation, mate. It is very much appreciated. Um, thank you for supporting the channel. He says, Harry, do you think it's embarrassing for Arsenal to take the loan? I feel a little bit uneasy about it. I think embarrassing is probably a little bit too strong a term because, um, you know, the government, well, the Bank of England are putting that help on the table for many businesses, many massive businesses, many very profitable businesses. And, you know, it would be unfair to make a big deal out of Arsenal doing it when we know, for example, Tottenham have taken a loan earlier on in the pandemic. We know various other clubs have done it as well. So I think embarrassing is a slightly strong way of looking at it. But I do feel uneasy about it because as we've already discussed, Arsenal do have billionaire owners and you kind of feel like when you've got billionaire owners that this would be the kind of the, the exact kind of time where they'd step up and try uh, to to help their own business out and, you know, do that at their expense, maybe alone with, uh, if not no interest, then very low interest. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be the case and it seems as though Arsenal are going to take the, the help that's on the table. So, yeah, you know, going back to what I said, embarrassing, I think, is a little bit of a, a strong a term that's too strong. 
but it does it doesn't sit quite right with me i I agree with you there and i I wonder um you know i i wonder how the 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 vast majority are you feeling about that as well so yeah uh, get involved in the chat let me know i always love to hear your opinions of course uh going back to the transfer window uh nicholas says hey harry don't think we'll sign nobody this window it's all about clearing out the dead wood i think that's definitely the priority nicholas um i don't think anybody would disagree with that it certainly is the priority but i think arsenal do have their eyes on certain targets now i wouldn't be surprised if the players that they actually have their eye on and none of the ones that we've been mentioning over the last few days and last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what develops, what happens. Uh, but I do agree with you when you say that the priority is clearing out the deadwood at the moment. And he also says love from Jamaica. Uh, big love to you as well, man. Thank you so much for your support. David talking about Julian Brandt. Let's, let's come on to the Julian Brandt thing. So the latest on Julian Brandt, and it's a report from the German outlet Bild. Uh, they say that Borussia Dortmund would consider letting Julian Brandt go out on loan if a lucrative, and I quote the word lucrative, offer comes across the table. So I'm assuming what they mean by that is if somebody is willing to pay Julian Brandt's wages, Borussia Dortmund would be happy to let him go out on loan uh, for the remainder of the season. Now, I do you know, these loan deals, I do look at them and I think, you know, obviously they're stop gaps and obviously it's a way of improving the team without making a major investment. And, and we've talked about the club's financial situation. We've talked about the impact of the pandemic and we've talked about all of those factors. So it wouldn't be the worst bit of business uh, in the world to bring Julian Brandt in on loan. But it does feel like it's a, a short-term fix again. And maybe I'd prefer that that money goes into, because don't get me wrong, if you're paying Julian Brandt's wages, you will be forking out a significant amount of money. It's not a free deal. Um, you know, I just feel like that money could be better spent in the summer, bringing in a, a creative player that we feel could do the job for a number of years to come. So that's my take on it. Um, would I welcome Brandt? If a loan deal was done, of course, I would have spoken about it before. I think he's a very good player. I think he's someone who could add a lot to this team. But um, if doing a short-term deal and trying to find a short-term fix is going to be at the detriment of us doing proper business in the summer, and by proper business, I mean bringing in uh, more additions to the core of this side, like we did with Gabriel, like we did with Partey, trying to enhance the team for the longer term and for the uh, medium term, then... You know, I, I, I don't want to see us wasting money, if that makes sense, particularly if we haven't got it and we're having to take out Bank of England loans. Let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, big hello to Jeff, who joins us from outside Chicago, Illinois. Thank you so much, mate. Welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, I hope everybody's staying safe in the States. Crazy scenes over the last couple of days. I know it's not in Chicago, but um, yeah, I uh, hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all keeping well. Um, let's see what we've got, uh, in terms of, uh, questions, super chats, etc., etc. Uh, big hello to Harry Fennick. Thank you so much for your kind donation, mate. He says, Harry, do you think Tim Lewis is a sign that the Cronkies want us to succeed now? Is the restructuring a good sign that Stan wants to get us back? Yeah. I mean, Tim Lewis coming in, um, for me suggested that you know, Tim Lewis is somebody who's a, a corporate lawyer, does all the um, does all the legal bits, would look at things with a fine tooth comb. And I think after the whole Raul Sanlay saga, 
whereby I think we can all agree Arsenal were overpaying for players doing bad business. Um, I think the fact that Tim Lewis was sent in suggests that the Kroenke smelt a bit of uh, a bit of a rat. Uh, they smelt some wrongdoing, and that's why they sent Tim Lewis in to have a good look at things. I think the fact they've added him, uh, of course, suggests that the Kroenkes want to take a little bit more um, ownership. And as much as they get criticism, I think over the last uh, few years, since they took full ownership of the club, I think you're starting to see um, the Kroenkes show a bit more interest gradually. It's not ideal. It's still not where we want it to be. Um, I think we can all agree on that, that they could still be more active. They could still be more present, but they have spent money albeit badly, but that's not on them. That's on the guys that are working for them. Yes, you could argue that that they hire them in the first place, but they're not football guys, are they? The Cronkies, they bring people in to do a job. And uh, again, another thing they probably deserve a little bit of credit for is that when it hasn't worked uh, with the likes of Rouse and they, they weren't afraid to pull the trigger and push him out and get uh, and start again. I think the Cronkies want Arsenal to succeed. I think the question mark you have to have around them is, do they have the knowledge to to run this club in a way that will see it succeed? Like the guys at Liverpool do, for example. A, do they have the knowledge and are they present enough uh, to make it happen? I mean, what business owner doesn't want his business to be successful? You know, people say that all the time and they say, oh, the Cronkies don't care. Maybe they don't care as much as somebody else would, but I'm sure that in the cold light of day, being the business people that they are, they want to see their club succeed and they want to make as much money off the back of that as they possibly, possibly can. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, just picking up so many comments. Thank you for all your interaction. Let's uh, go through some of them. George says, Socrates, Kolasinac, Ozil, Mustafi, Xhaka and Elneny out in January will bring in funds to buy players that will strengthen our squad. I think just getting them off the wage bill uh, is the priority at the moment. I don't think you'd get um, you'd get fees for Mustafi, Socrates, uh, Ozil. You know, Kalasinac has gone out on loan. They're all going to be... I think that in this window, we may not see a lot of them actually physically get up and leave the club. You know, we've seen Kalasinac go. But in the, sense, in the, the case of Socrates, Ozil, Mustafi who are all coming to the end of their contract. There's a good chance that we will see deals and agreements put in place for them to depart in the summer, but maybe they won't actually physically walk out the door until then. So we've got to be wary of that as well. But our hands are tied. You know, we've got these players. Nobody wants to pay for them. Their contracts are coming to an end. Unfortunately, this is the consequence of bad business in the past. This is a consequence of bad management in the past. And and there's not a great deal that Mikel Arteta and Edu can do about that. They can try and wheel and deal. They can try and get them out the door as quick as possible. But ultimately, they're limited in what they can do. So I think at the moment, as we keep saying, the priority is to, if not move them out right this minute, is to at least put deals and agreements in place uh, that will see them uh, that will see them move on uh, come the summer. Uh, let's pick up a little, uh, well, sorry, a few more of your comments. Uh, Daniel Ford says, do you feel better, Harry? Yes, I do. Thank you. Uh, so much. Um, Tazel on Facebook says, I'm actually starting to get excited again. 
I'm seeing Arteta and the club making the right moves in the transfer market. My main issue was the dead wood around the club needed to go from a couple of years back. And it seems like it's finally happening. If we bring in a top level number 10 type player, I would be delighted. Completely agree. And we've been discussing a couple of the options today or, or the players that were linked with moves to Arsenal. Buendia seems like that interest has cooled a little bit. That's going by the Telegraph's report. Uh, this, uh, which came out this morning. And then, of course, uh, the Julian Brandt stuff. Is Brandt going to be available on a loan deal? And if so, would that be a wise move for Arsenal? Um, it feels very much like Dortmund would want all of his wages paid. Um, what those wages are, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm certainly no expert on Borussia Dortmund, but uh, Arsenal will have to weigh up whether they think that's worth doing or whether they'd rather save that money, hold it back, and spend it in the summer on somebody who'd be a little bit more of a longer-term option. John Knott says, would you take Coutinho on loan until the end of the season? I think that Coutinho's got a bit of an injury at the moment. Um, but in terms of Coutinho and his ability, I think, yeah, he's a really talented player. Uh, Felipe Coutinho really admired him um, when he was at Liverpool. I thought, he was a bit unfortunate the Barcelona move didn't work out. Obviously, they went to Bayern Munich. That didn't uh, quite work out either. Um, but yeah, he's a really talented individual, is Felipe Coutinho. And, you know, who wouldn't have him? You know, he's still better than a lot of the options we currently have. And that's the key here, isn't it? Um, let's see. We've got another super chat coming in. Let me just pick that one up before it disappears. I'm just conscious because I know I've missed a few in the last few days when they don't come through to my streaming program. So I just want to get them as quick as possible. Uh, Nakanyezi, have I said that right? Kanyezi, apologies, mate. Uh, thank you for your kind donation. He says, hi, Harry. How good is Brandt? Unfortunately, I'm not privileged with the Bundesliga. If the deal is done, will he be able to fit in our midfield? I really like Julian Brandt, as you probably picked up from the last few days streams. He's somebody who drops into the holes very well, plays in the half spaces, in between the fullback and the centre-back quite a bit as well. He's very good at doing that, drifting from left to right, linking up with people. As I've said previously, I had the pleasure of commentating on a number of Bundesliga games at the back end of last season, when the Bundesliga was the first league to restart. And um, I watched him quite closely. I think I did four or five Dortmund games and three or four Leverkusen games. Um and and in the Dortmund ones, Brandt was key. Brandt was picking up the ball in really key spaces, dragging defenders out of position, if not impacting the game directly himself, then dragging others out of position. And he looked a really, really accomplished player to me. And he'd only joined um, in January of 2019. So he looked like he'd found a home at Dortmund. But obviously things change. It hasn't gone quite the way he would have wanted. But for me, you know, I don't think players become bad players overnight. And I certainly think that's the case with Julian Brandt. I think that, you know, with Lucien Favre having left the club now as well, that could have an impact on maybe where Dortmund see uh, the player's future and if they still fancy him. But for me, um, he's a very talented player. Obviously, there'll be question marks around his adaptation into the Premier League, as there is when anyone uh, comes to the division. But in terms of talent, in terms of technical ability, I certainly uh, think that he is... Uh, it is up there. I really, really do. Um, let's check in on the likes right now. Let's have a quick look. Let's see where we're at in terms of our likes. Also, this gives me a really good chance to remind you, actually, before I forget, um, if you head over to our YouTube channel and you head over to our community tab, I've put out a poll on there 
Um, and it's a poll that is really, really important to me because we're thinking or I'm thinking about adding some more stuff to the channel. Um, as a lot of you will know, I've gone freelance uh, again. And um, obviously, at this period in time, we're putting out a lot of content. We're putting out two shows a day, which is great. I'd like to even on a couple of days of the week, extend that to free, uh, doing a late one. I've had a few messages from people saying that um, they don't get to catch it at the times we currently do it. So I'd love to add a late show uh, to the mix as well. Um, and I'm thinking about introducing a YouTube members scheme uh, like so many other channels do. We have a Patreon page and I know a lot of you are supporting us via that already. But what I'd like to do, having looked into both of them, is switch it over to the YouTube scheme, kill off the Patreon one, um, I'll leave it running for those who prefer that, who listen via the audio. But what I'd like to do essentially is is gauge your interest on what it is that you would like to get uh, from the membership scheme uh, in terms of the, the benefits. And I'd also uh, like to know roughly um, if how many of you would be interested. It is something we're going to do, but obviously you guys are the heart and soul of this channel. And I want to make sure that if I do it, I'm doing it and tailoring it as closely to what you guys want as possible. So any feedback you can give me um, on A, whether you'd be interested, on B, what you'd like to get from it, C, if you have a look at the stuff I've put there, what would you tweak, what would you change? I'd love to hear from you guys because ultimately um, it would give me a little bit more freedom to go on and, and spend more time creating content on this channel rather than working for other people as well. Um, which would be great. And I, I you know, this channel's really taken off. It's done brilliantly. Um, we're looking to hit 11,000 subscribers on YouTube alone anytime now. Uh, we've got about seven or 8,000 on the audio, uh, we predict as well. So, you know, the numbers are there. Um, but we want to take it to the next level. We want to get more good guests on. We want to improve the equipment that we use. We don't want any of these technical glitches anymore. So I really want to take it up another level. And this is my baby. And I want, it to be um, as best as it possibly can. I know lots of you have been sending me messages over the last few weeks telling me how um, how much this channel is helping you right now where you're stuck at home, maybe in lockdown, bored, frustrated. And some of you even telling me that this channel has helped you fall back in love with Arsenal, which for me uh, is really humbling and amazing. And just from seeing how many countries you guys are joining us as well from, uh, that is incredible as well. So I really value your feedback and I really want to get that. Uh, so please go over to the community tab um, if you haven't already on the YouTube channel. Hit uh, the vote button on whichever option it is. And I want you to be as open, as honest as possible and uh, leave a comment as well with your thoughts so that I can tailor it as best as possible to you guys. So thank you for that in advance. Right. We've only got 76 likes, but we've got 183 people. Um watching uh so get involved in the like button uh get get involved with the like button it really really does help uh let's move on uh, apologies if i miss some of your comments there are so many uh coming through that probably in that time when i was talking i've missed a, an absolute shitload so i will tell you guys to chuck your questions in a little bit later on as well so please um please uh get involved um in that when i tell you uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Just picking up on some of your, uh, comments, the few, um, brand comments, 
some people are questioning maybe whether he has the work ethic to succeed in the pressing system. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Louis Robson says Brandt earns 116k a week currently. What it says on Salary Sport website, don't know if that's true. Feels like a lot of money, doesn't it? But if you're not paying a transfer fee, then I think that's probably doable, isn't it? Um, so that's obviously something uh, to consider as well. Um, Liam says he would join. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Ross Morgan says a phone-in show every night would be good. Do you know what? We could definitely get a couple going a week um, for sure. And obviously the more members we have, then the more possible that becomes and the more viable that becomes. So yeah, um, stay tuned for information on the memberships and um, you know, yeah, I'd be happy to to add a couple more shows uh, at night and get you guys involved. As I say, I want to do more, but I need the flexibility to be able to do that by not doing so much outside work, if that makes sense. Um, Liam also says, ever thought of doing a show for matters outside football? Um, I've considered this because there's so much to talk about in the world right now. But what I don't want to do is end up getting into these horrible debates with people because it feels like right now everybody is so extreme one way or the other um, on everything. And, and that's outside of football. I'm talking about Brexit. Are you Brexit? Are you not Brexit? Are you coronavirus? Um, you know, do you think it's real? Do you think it's a hoax? There's so much division that actually I don't know enough about these subjects to sit and have good debates with people. And I don't want to get into a situation where I'm just arguing with people and I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not confident in that, that sort of subject. I want to just talk football. I want to talk Arsenal. And I feel like at a time like this, actually, just talking about football and just talking about Arsenal gives us a nice release and a nice break from all the other shit going on in the world. So, no, I, I don't think I'll do that. But thank you for um, thank you for the uh, suggestion, of course. Uh, thank you to all of those of you saying that you're going to join. Really appreciate it. Um, lots of you saying that in the chat. Uh, amazing. Uh, Simon Alavi says, great work, Harry. Keep it up. Get that handsome guy back on. I'm on every day, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. Um, for those of you asking where the poll is, the poll is if you click on the YouTube channel and then click the community tab, you'll find the poll there. It's the last post. So check that out. Okay, right. Um, da -da -da -da. Uh, Gunatel also suggesting watch alongs. Used to do them. Um, we'll do one on Saturday, I think, for the FA Cup game. So be sure to come and join me for that as well. Right, let's get back to uh, some of the latest news because I feel like we drifted off the topic a little bit. Um, thank you for all your amazing um, uh, amazing suggestions, though. Definitely would take those on board and give me some more um, Give me some more in that community tab uh, vote and poll so I can get working on it and I can come with a proposition to you guys uh, that will hopefully uh, persuade some of you uh, that this is uh, that is worth joining. Uh, right. Let's talk about Bukayo Saka, named as Arsenal's Player of the Month for December, and rightly so. Um, I think that Bukayo Saka has been excellent uh, of late. He's been a real um, catalyst in Arsenal's form turning around. He's been really excellent. He's made sure um, that, you know, there's, there's been a little bit more creativity in the side. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed his performances of late. And I think he's thrived from the fact that he has ended up playing um, on the right flank. I've really, really enjoyed that. Um, 
whether it be the right flank or the left flank, I think we can all agree now that Bukayo Saka is a winger, is an attacker and not a makeshift um, left back or left wing back. And and I'm glad to see that he's not playing uh, in those positions uh, anymore. So I think we're seeing the best of him now. I think that the fact that he played so much football, even in a position that was not necessarily his own, um, I think has given him that game time, that experience he needs to continue his development. So really pleased with that. But ultimately, um, he is now playing in his best position. And the fact he's been named the December player of the month for me tells you all you need to know about that and backs up that point that Bukayo Saka is a very exciting attacking prospect. Can't wait to see more of him linking up with Emil Smith-Rowe, linking up with Gabriel Martinelli, Alexander Lacazette, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Really excited about what the future holds for Bukayo Saka. And I really feel he's got the ability to go on and become a really top, top Arsenal player and uh, go down in history. According to Charles Watts, um, we have heard that Arsenal have confirmed the signing of Omar Rekic. Now, I'm just going to double check the Arsenal Twitter feed because to my knowledge, um, they haven't put a tweet out about this just yet. Um, And I just want to double confirm that I haven't seen one, um, but... Charles Watts shared a picture of Omar Rekic signing the contract. We saw pictures of him in training um, yesterday as well. So we know he's there. Mikel Arteta basically alluded to it in his press conference earlier today as well. Uh, but Omar Rekic is going to join up with the under 23s. Uh, and it should, um, he's someone you should keep an eye on for the future, from what I've been told, from what I've read. Um, he's someone with a lot of ability, a lot of talent, but. Um, he goes straight into the under 23s. That's clearly where he's at at the moment. I think that's fair. We've got a lot of centre-backs at the club as well. So, you know, how many are you going to keep it? Are you going to shoehorn into that squad? Uh, but yeah, it seems like a, an official announcement from the club is imminent on that. So Omar Rekic is an Arsenal player. Right. Oh, there it is. The interview's just come up on the website. There you go. I've just refreshed the page. Um. And he's, uh, he's he's given a short interview, Omar Rekic, on uh, the fact that he signed a professional contract with the under-23s. Head over to arsenal.com and check that out. I'm not going to go through it uh, because um, it's one of those, you know, those interviews where it says, why did you want to join Arsenal? And then they go, oh, you know, because it's a massive football club and the history and they made me feel wanted. And, you know, the same shit that you hear in every interview uh, when somebody... Uh, when somebody uh, joins the club. And and you, as you guys have pointed out, the reason it wasn't on the Twitter account was because it's come from the Arsenal Academy Twitter. Of course, uh, Omar Rekic joining the Arsenal Academy, going straight into the under-23. So he's a player to keep your eyes on for the future. Right. Um, time for your questions. Get your questions in the chat box. Let's uh, pick out some questions from some of you guys. I saw a really good one earlier on. Uh, from Alavi SSN, who you'd have seen on here on the Social Club show uh, on numerous occasions. Alavi says, here's a question. I give you 50 million. Who do you buy in the window? You can buy more than one. That's one I've got to think about, to be honest. Um, I can't really answer it with regards to a specific name. Um, I can give you a position. And the position is an attacking creative midfield player. I think we need another one of those. And I think that's a priority. If we could get an attacking creative midfield player for 35, 40 million and then get another goalkeeper in, that would be ideal because I I worry about the prospect of Bern Leno uh, picking up an injury or testing positive for the virus and us ending up having to play uh, Runar Runarsson in the Premier League. 
So those are the two positions I'd be prioritizing. But in terms of a name, I'd have to think about it. Um, I kept saying that Brandt would be a better option than Buendia, but it doesn't mean I'm completely sold on him either. So I'm going to have a think about this one and I'll answer it uh, on the next podcast. I'm going to make a note of it actually uh, to remember to do that because it's a really, really good question. But I need to sit and think about it. I need to take into account so many things. I haven't got a, a specific name for you. I don't mean to sit on the fence. Um, Craig Barlow says, come on, give Harry a like. It's free. That's right. Uh, YouTube likes don't cost a thing. We've got 94 at the moment and there are 212 of you watching us. Uh, so please feel free to smash that like button if you haven't already. Let's get up to 150 uh, at the very least. Uh, right. Moving on, moving on. Let's see what else we've got uh, in terms of your question. Louis asks, how can we get the best out of Pepe? And what would you do with him? For me, since he's joined, he's never looked like he's interested in playing for us. He's had plenty of time to prove us wrong. That is my biggest worry with Nicolas Pepe. It's the attitude. It's the way he just doesn't look interested. He just doesn't look happy. And I know a lot of people will say it's just the way he carries himself and it's nothing to be worried about. It's just the way he is. And we used to have this debate about Mesut Ozil, didn't we? Time and time again, is he lazy or does he just come across that way? I'm not going to say that Pepe looks lazy, but he just looks so downbeat. He just looks so disheartened. He just looks so unhappy at Arsenal Football Club at the moment that it's a massive, massive worry. What do you do to get the best out of him? I think the answer is that he has to play regularly over a period of time. The issue with that is if he doesn't perform straight away, then there are going to be calls for him to be dropped. And we've seen that Bukayo Saka playing from the right has more impact. We've seen... Gabriel Martinelli come back into the side and have an impact. We've seen, uh, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe come into the side and have an impact. So there, there comes a point where you can't make excuses anymore uh, for Nicolas Pepe. But I do think he's a confidence player. And I think the only way he will build up that confidence is by having a run of games and playing his way into some kind of form. You can't play your way into form when you're coming on for 10, 15 minutes at the end of games. It's, it's one of those things, if Mikel really feels like Nicolas Pepe is someone who can help this team going forward and, and has the talent uh, to achieve what we need him to achieve, then he's got to just kind of take a bit of a punt on him, I think, and keep him in the team for seven, eight, nine, even 10 games in a row and then assess his performances. Um, but until then, it's going to be very, very difficult uh, for Nicolas Pepe to play his way back into form. I, I, I genuinely think that. Um, and I and I worry about that. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Ekene <laughs> Ogbodo says, if you gave Harry 50 million, he will go and buy a house in Dubai and buy a Tesla. I'm not sure I'd go to Dubai, to be honest. Um, I'd go to Cyprus because there's no place like Cyprus for me anyway, personally. Um, I'd go to Cyprus, build a massive house maybe buy a Tesla um, and just chill and stream and chat to you guys every day on the Arsenal uh, from the side of my pool. But yeah, you, you're kind of halfway there. Um, Tizel says, Harry, what do you think about Sabayo saying his heart in still Madrid? To be honest, I would send him back now. Even if you feel that way, I wouldn't say it to the public. Yeah, I, I, I discussed this a little bit on a show the other day. I don't really take issue with it because as I said at the time, I think every young boy growing up in Spain wants to play for Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, that's how it is. You know, that would be his career ambition. The fact that he is on loan at Arsenal means it's not a permanent home. And maybe he's a little bit wary of going down that route where, you know, it, 
it is it is his he takes it as in it is his home we've got to remember that arsenal didn't even renew the loan deal for danny sabas very quickly which suggests that actually that he went back to real madrid they looked around a bit found that there wasn't a great deal of alternative options and then brought him back which probably has made danny sabas feel a little bit unwanted add to that that he's in and out of the side i don't really blame him and I think that it's just a, a deal at the moment that works for both parties. Danny Sabas gets more game time than he would at Real Madrid. Arsenal get an alternative midfield option. But I think based on Mikel's team selections at times, you get the impression that he's well aware that Danny Sabas wants to return to Spain and that Danny Sabas, or, or that the prospects of Danny Sabas actually signing for Arsenal permanently are very few and far between. So... I agree with you. He probably shouldn't have said it to the public, but at the same time, he's probably trying to send a message to Real Madrid about what his intentions are, trying to make it clear um, that that's where he wants to be, not just to Zinedine Zidane, but to the fans as well, to the club's hierarchy, and hope that the fans, maybe watching some of his good performances here in England, will put the pressure on the club to bring him back and to use him. Again, look, I don't really take major issue with it, but I think you're right to say that he shouldn't have said it publicly. I just think that... He doesn't really care about Arsenal Football Club. It's just a temporary home for him. And for that reason, he probably feels like he'd rather uh, just work on his goals and rather uh, make it clear of his intentions to return to Madrid. But it's a, it's a really good point that you raise, a really interesting one as well. Um, MM Arsenal uh, says, Arsenal needs to sign Rafael Leal from AC Milan. That player is hungry for goals. Really good player. Really enjoyed watching him of late. Um really, really have. And uh, yeah, fantastic player. Milan are flying and uh, Rafael Le Leao is doing brilliantly. Somebody I'd love to see at the Arsenal one day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rahil Durrani says, how many players would be ideal for you to get rid of in this window? We've already got rid of Kalasinac. I think if we move on Ozil, I think if we move on Socrates and if we moved on one more, I think that would be ideal. I think we probably need to look at moving about four on in this window. And as I said earlier on in the show, even if it doesn't mean them leaving tomorrow, um, at least having deals in place that mean their future is resolved and done and dusted um, will be key. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got here. Big shout out to Paul who says, great show, Harry. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Paul. Really, really appreciate it. Um, what else have we got here? Just scrolling through the chat, which is constantly updating. So I'm just trying to pick out um, what what some of you guys uh, are saying. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Just uh, having a look. Apologies for the delay. Um, going back to the Brandt story, Flo Show says, I think having Brandt on loan to support Emil Smith-Rowe to the end of the season is good. Then based off ES, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe's levels, we can decide who to buy as a number one or two. Yeah. And that was my point, wasn't it? That he would be the kind of player. And I, I made this on a previous show. If you haven't watched it, I made the point that he's the kind of player that could come in, take some of the pressure off of Emil Smith Rowe, but still isn't so good and so mercurially talented that he would block Emil Smith Rowe's pass, uh, pass path, I should say, uh, to going on and establishing himself as Arsenal's go to number 10 for a long period of time. So I think, um, yeah, I think there is, um, there is a lot to, uh, there is a lot to consider, but I think, yeah, Brandt is that kind of halfway house player, isn't he? Um, in my opinion. So I think, yeah, I think that's fair. 
Uh, let's see what else we've got here in terms uh, of your comments. Uh, big thank you to those shouting out uh, to the show. Daruv says, do you think the transfer bubble has burst? I feel the days of players getting sold for 150 million plus are over. Well, certainly when you look at the way of the world right now and you look at um, the situation, so many clubs, so many businesses, so many individuals find themselves in. I think football has to reset a little bit. Um, I think you're going to see very few of these big 150 million pound plus transfers taking place in the next 18 to 24 months. And I think rightly so. As much as it's horrible what's going on in the world at the moment with this pandemic, that people are losing their lives, their jobs, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we all know what an effect this had. I think football needed a bit of a reset. I wish it didn't come this way. I wish it didn't happen this way. Um, but I do think football needed a bit of a reset and it's gone a, it has gone a little bit crazy in recent years. So maybe a going back to basics approach whereby um, less money is spent. Coaches are uh, are able to, you know, improve teams based off their coaching. Uh, smart recruitment will pay off. I, I think it's not a bad thing for football to just reset a little bit. Although, as I keep saying, the... Um, the way it's come about is not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, let's pick out a couple more. Uh, Xander Russell says, do you think Arsenal should have gone for Donny van der Beek? I really liked van der Beek at Ajax. I was really impressed by what I saw of him, um, you know, during his time there. I wasn't surprised when Man United signed him because I think he's a really, really talented player. I am surprised at the lack of game time he's getting at United, but I do think that that is down to Ollie's system rather than it being down to his lack of ability. And the reason I say that is because Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, we know, has got bags and bags of attacking talent at that football club. And I think he's realised that he needs to play a, a double defensive midfield pivot in order to give those attacking players the licence they need to go forward and, and, and cause teams problems without having to do a great deal of defensive work. He got, he tends to go with McTominay and Fred. Maybe Matic comes in there now and again. Um, but then it only leaves space, really, doesn't it, for one central attacking midfield player or one more central midfield player. And I just think that Bruno Fernandes is so good that you can't possibly leave him out. I think that Paul Pogba's done okay at times as well, but even he's had to play from the left. Is Donny van der Beek... Uh, able to play out from the left I'd, I'd question that and maybe he's just a victim of the system but he's a good footballer there's no doubt about that I think he will get his chance eventually at Man United but I do think it is a system issue as opposed to it being that Donny van der Beek isn't good enough I'd have loved to have, have had him at Arsenal I think he would have done well at Arsenal but it wasn't to be he was very in demand at the time United had the finances to go out and do it lo and behold they did it it's just unfortunate for the Dutchman that right now it's not really working out. Um, what else have we got here? I'm going to pick up this one from Harry Fennick because I've I've been asked this question a fair amount over the last couple of weeks. With Brexit, will we go more South American market and using Edu's knowledge of that market? I think that I think that that the South American market is a very interesting one. I think there are a lot of gems there. And and with Edu and his links, you'd hope that now we'd be in a better position to exploit that. We've exploited it with with Gabriel Martinelli. And I think, look, there are going to be players that come in from that market that, that don't cut it. 
I mean, you know, if you find that Gabriel Martinelli every two or three transfers, you've done brilliantly. Um, I really love Martinelli. I love everything he brings to the side. I think Edu will tend to gravitate towards that market because it's one that he will have a better knowledge of than other clubs in the Premier League. It's one that he, you know, you'll always gravitate towards what you know, don't you? And and I think that Edu will use that, um, which is excellent. I'm I'm fine with that. In terms of the impacts of Brexit, I'm not entirely sure of the, the legalities around this and what that actually means uh, in terms of doing deals. You know, we know that there are a lot of things that are going to change. And I think it's still a bit early to actually understand exactly what difficulties we'll face now and what, what blocks are put in the way when it comes, uh, you know, when it comes to trying to bring players in from the continent. Now, I, I don't think it will be as difficult as some people would have you believe. I still think it will be doable. I still think you'll see loads of deals happening between the English clubs and those on the continent. But it will be interesting, yeah, to see to see how that impacts not just Arsenal, but everyone. And I've got to be honest, as I say, I don't really know the legalities of it. It's something I'll make a note of to have a look into, actually, uh, for an upcoming podcast, because a, a few of you have asked me that in recent weeks and I, I haven't been able to give you a really good answer and I don't like that. Uh, so I will check that out and um, remind me uh, to discuss it on a future show. Right. That brings me towards the end of this live edition of the podcast. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, be sure to smash that like button on the video. Let's quickly check in where we're at. Uh, 225 of you watching on YouTube alone. Um, and we've only got 106, uh, 126 likes. Let's at least get that up to 150. So 25 more likes or so uh, between now and the end of the stream will be great. Um, Rahil Durrani says, Gastak is starting. Why aren't you on that, Harry? Love that show. Um, it will be the fans preview uh, today. I'm not on it today. Um, there's a panel of, of regular contributors and they get rotated around dependent on what the subjects are, dependent on what's being discussed. So I'm not on today's one. I was on Monday's one if you want to check that out. Uh, but I'm sure I'll be back talking football with the guys very, very soon. Right. Um, smash the like button and start spamming the chat. Let me know exactly where it is that you're joining us from. In the meantime, while you're doing that, I'll just quickly remind you of the poll uh, that we put up in um, in the uh, in the community tab on our YouTube channel. So if you go on the YouTube channel and you click community at the top, there's a poll there. Please vote and please leave me a comment with your written feedback so that I can try and make things um, for the membership scheme as tailor-made uh, for you guys as possible, as close to what you want it ideally to be uh, as possible. And I can only do that with your feedback. Um, I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to spend some time working it all out uh, and trying to make it as good as possible for you guys. But I, your feedback is uh, much appreciated because um, you guys are the heartbeat of this channel, of course. Uh, right. Let's give you guys uh, some shout outs. Uh, let's see where you are at. Uh, Ella says, Vancouver, Canada. How you doing? Um, Harry is in Essex. Uh, Guna tells in Braintree, Essex. Uh, Wayne is in Peckham. Uh, love Peckham, by the way, just because of Only Fools and Horses. Great show. Uh, Rahil testing my flag knowledge. That's the Luxembourg flag. I only know that because you're on here all the time. Um, Bahir says, collab with Turkish. Yeah, I'd love to um, at some point. I'm sure we can do something in the near future. Um, Jeez, how many times are you going to put that in the chat? Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, 
uh what else have we got uh louis robson is joining us from sunderland he says i bet you're sick of hearing that no not at all uh, appreciate the support eugene is in norfolk um mm arsenal is in cape town uh so people watching from all over the world absolutely love it thank you all so much for joining us for another live edition of the podcast we'll be back with some more arsenal related content very very soon until then take care of yourselves and stay safe all the best cheers listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.